Welcome to Quarter of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world, the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you live on Thursday, May 7th. Uh, another great show lined up for you today. Uh, a little bit later in the show, let's just tell you right now, Rolf Elcher will be joining us, uh, a little pre-taped interview we did, and you're not going to want to miss it. So hang in there. Uh, we'll be playing that towards the top of the show. But we have a bunch of other topics to get to as well. Uh, the LA Galaxy will be going to individual training. We'll tell you when that's going to happen. Um, we'll also tell you where the Galaxy would have been had the schedule just been going on. Some rumors surrounding Christian Pavone and Jonathan Dos Santos. And, of course, the Bundesliga is starting back up, and uh, that's important for a whole bunch of other reasons. And we have a couple other things we'll throw in there to help me do that, something we have not done very much of. Uh, instead of two hosts, you're getting uh, three, so you're uh, you're getting two for the price of uh, or three for the price of two or two for the price. Of, it's free anyway; it doesn't really matter. Uh, welcome to the show, Eric the Portuguese Hammer, and uh, making his triumphant return, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter. Larry, we'll start with you. It's good to see that you're actually alive and uh, and that your hair still grows. Oh yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, unlike Eric, I can't get my hair trimmed, so I'm trying to. Trying to make it look as fashionable as I possibly can, so it's uh, it's tough. I mean, I thought as you get older, so your hair is supposed to grow slower. Uh uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> not doing it. I was gonna it's say that's for sure. It. Eric, are you gonna defend your honor there with the with the haircut barb already? You have to tell everybody how you're getting haircuts. It's not on the black market somewhere, right? I was gonna say this is. Uh, I don't take it as a barb at all. I take it as a compliment that I was. I'm able to get my wife and convince her to to trim me up on the sides. The top still is the hardest part. Uh, I think uh, that's where the hairdressers really come in handy. They know what they're doing, the barbers. Uh, but, you know, cleaning up the sides is a pretty easy fix. It's a pretty easy ask for my wife. But as you can tell by uh, my outfit, I'm kind of uh, mentally slowly deteriorating. I went with a suit last week, on a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt this week. I, I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's tough times over here in quarantine, so we're, we're surviving. We're hanging in there. How's the little guy doing? Uh, he's, uh, we're, we're sleep training right now. I don't know if anybody's ever done sleep training before. Um, I'm sure most of you have. Um, it's, it's basically a nightmare. If you hear any screaming, it's either, it's either my son or it's my wife. It's one of the two. Uh, definitely one of those will be, will yelling and screaming sometime during this podcast. Uh, but let's get to a little bit of LA galaxy. Um, the first thing that we have to tell you about and sort of, I don't know if it's breaking news. We talked about it on uh, Monday with, uh, with Kevin with the panda himself. Uh, we talked about individual training. We sort of explained what individual training was. And if you missed that, go to the Monday's podcast. Actually, I think it's one of the tightest podcasts that sort of has been out in terms of the information that you're getting and sort of the analysis that we we sort of took a look at. We talked about the 2014 team, but the big thing was this individual training. We talked about how the LA Galaxy being in California would have a more difficult time sort of getting approval. And I can tell you, confirmed with the LA Galaxy today, it looks like the LA Galaxy will be back to training, and we say training in quotation marks, um, because training basically is this individual training. And if you've been seeing any of MLS's um, sort of different things that they have have going on in terms of videos and and just the different uh, stuff that they've been putting out on Twitter. Uh, you've seen basically that uh, they've been showing you what this individual training looks like. It's a giant field. It's divided into four, um, but it's still it's training. At least it's a step. It's a toe in the water there, Eric. It's this tiny little toe in the water. I mean, is this uh, d- d- from your perspective a-, a big step or is it really just this little tiny incremental step? I think for the players, it's probably a bigger step than it is for the fans. I think uh, with, and again, I kind of 
spoke to my mental health a little bit earlier and how, you know, we're getting to the point where it, it's getting tough. So I think for the players, these are professional athletes who are used to using their bodies as their instrument and they've been unable to do that. So I think for them to just to show up on the grounds, even if you're not technically passing a ball to anyone or under the regular routine, uh, you know, it's got to feel good to get on the grass and kick a ball. You know, I, I haven't kicked a ball in, in years, but during quarantine, I managed to pull the soccer ball out and do a few juggles and, and kick the ball. Just something about that being stuck inside and going outside and, and kicking a ball, especially if you're a professional, that it's got to feel good. So it's probably a huge step for them to just, you know, kind of get that initial monkey off your back to start the process. And, and it pro- But in reality, I agree. It's probably a small step towards towards moving there. But uh, but a big step for the players, Larry. This is this is cautious. This is not jumping in headfirst into the shallow end, which is probably a smart thing. Um, but what what do you see? I mean, does this in in your years of covering soccer? Obviously, this is something you haven't seen. Even you haven't seen this, Larry. Uh, this quarantine, <laughs> all these games being done. Um, but I mean, what do you feel like this individual training is actually going to do for the galaxy? Yeah, well, if I can paraphrase like Neil Armstrong walking on the moon, it's like one small step for man, one giant leap for MLS. Um, it's almost like everybody has, has has the cooties. I mean, I just – I don't know how to put this – I don't know what to say about this. I mean, certainly any, any image of players returning to the training field is a positive step, no matter how small it might be. Uh, it's great to see. I, I think – I think – People need it. They need this sense of normalcy returning, however small it might be. Um, but I think it's just going to I mean they're, they're going to be extremely careful about this. And one thing that people haven't talked about, and Josh, I texted you a short time or a while ago about this, is what kind of restrictions are going to be placed on the media yeah. as far as yeah. covering MLS again. I'm going to be very, very interested for obvious reasons to see what that's going to be like. But, but getting back to seeing the, the players – Again, it's 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 great. Uh, be extremely cautious. Um, I don't know what else to say, but it's nice to see them back on, on the training pitch. Yeah, yeah, it, it is going to be uh, sort of nice to see that all going. I mean, the other sort of question, and you know, I'll, I'll sort of throw this to to both of you, Eric. Probably first is is we talked about player safety, and I think uh, Eric, you and I talked to Dan Stairs about player safety. Um, you know, are we looking at this in terms of you know, do we feel like the players are safe enough now? MLS claims, and I think probably rightfully so, they're trying to get teams into a more controlled setting than just going to the park. I mean, if you've seen videos of any of the players, it seems like they're out in the park running and doing stuff, and and that's not any more controlled. It's way more controlled what they're doing now uh, with this individual training. But, I mean, do, you, do we feel like this is a, a sort of concession, a first time to sort of show the players, Eric, that that maybe, you know, this is this we can do this safely? Hey, guys, we can, we can really do this safely. Yeah, and I think... What you said is it might be a selfish move on MLS's point uh, to get the players to know, okay, well, instead of going somewhere, we know exactly where you're going and we can control the environment and sanitize and, and ensure you know player safety. So uh, I think that's definitely the whole reason why, why they decided to make this move is because, again, that way you, you limit the risk of players going elsewhere. Now, where it could all completely fall completely off the rails is if the players outside of the training hours decide to – you know, expose themselves us where there's no way you can control that. But I think that's that's a reality in a lot of businesses. I know a lot of essential employees who are going into work are having their temperature taken at the door and they have, uh, you know, 
other measures to keep everyone safe and social distancing. So it's a it's a workplace environment, and everyone's taking the precautions inside of that environment. And I think that's really all that they can do. Yeah, Larry, what were you going to say? You know, Josh, my uh, I have one concern about this is in man. Oh, and, and, and Larry's one player test positive. Yeah, I was, can you imagine? Can you imagine what will happen? Yeah, I mean that, and, and that's really what is going to break loose. Well, I mean, then that's sort of what you have to guard against on this is that you have to look at what happens if one player tests positive. You have to look at, you know, what is going to what. what listen, everybody thought the Bundesliga was going to get thrown off its its wheels whenever uh, I think three players or two players and a, and a physio tested positive uh, for COVID-19 um, from Cologne, I think, is, is where it was. And so everybody was like, oh, well, they have positive cases now. There's no way that they could possibly do any more of this. Um, but I mean, if you you saw the NBA stop everything before. And I think we're sort of looking at MLS right now, understanding that we could see something like that again, um, which is, you know, you could see a, a, a return to play. Uh, and then with that return to play, somebody put test positive and all of a sudden everything gets, gets shut down again. Uh, you know, Dan Starris was sort of uh, uh, interested in this exact point, which was, okay, everything's fine. You want us to play behind closed doors, that's fine. But how do you realistically make this work knowing that we could see positive tests, knowing that we could see uh, players testing positive and, and if they're in a quarantined environment and they test positive, you know, how many other people then get quarantined and, and sort of look at that? Eric, what do you got? Yeah, I think this could serve as, as a wake-up wake call. You know, you're, you're saying, you know, a little bit cautious, what do we do? To play the devil's advocate piece of it is... Um, you know, if, if we don't know what's going to happen and what happens if there's one case, if you just keep waiting for that, then everything's going to be locked down, you know, until 2021, possibly 2022 until there's, you know, a, a way or, or, or to solve this. So that's the argument against it is to say, you can't just wait around forever. At some point, the band-aid's going to need to be ripped off. Now, if a player does test po positive after this training occurs or whatever closed doors games, I think this could serve as the slap in the face or a wake-up call to say, listen, we you know, as a, as a league or as a collective wanted this to come back so badly that you may be pushed, you know, it to come back too soon and then something bad happens. So then that truly puts it in perspective. Look, we tried this and it didn't work. There was a, you know, a case that happened and then now we have to shut it down like for real for a full year or whatever it is. So it may, it's unfortunate that it's almost like you have to run a guinea pig case. You almost have to let the players do this to see if it's, gonna happen so there's no right answer that's the part that, that's really unfortunate yeah I, I think you're right i think that that it is you know it's it's a trial balloon you're throwing it into the air now you're taking extreme precautions if you've seen this uh temperature checks assigned parking spots uh staggered arrival times uh if you saw mls's video that that, that had sporting kansas city sort of being the the group that was going to show all this um you know they sort of showed it and there's hand signals and you stay in your car and you know, wait for the wave to come out of your car and then you come up and you get your temperature checked and then you wash then you take your gloves off and you have to wash your hands and you have to do this like there's all these things that that go into keeping everybody separate and you have to say that if you're outside which is what this is going to be outside. Uh, if you're on a training field, if you're doing these things, then really you are in a position to 
keep people separated, you know, to, to great distances, probably more so than they are even in their own houses. Um, so it feels safe. It looks safe. And I think everybody's sort of looking at it. Now, the other question that was sort of brought up is that, as you've seen, teams are already training. They've already been individually training. Uh, they started on Wednesday. This is Thursday, the second day of it. Uh, more teams are sort of coming around. I'll tell you right now, it looks like LAFC, I think, trained today on Thursday, or they're going to train on Friday. They're, they're, they're already there. Uh, San Jose did not get approval. The LA Galaxy did not get approval. LA Galaxy, like we said, will start individual training on Monday. But Larry, I'll go to you on this one. Is it even fair to sit there and say, Oh, well, you guys can train because you're in Tennessee or you're in, you know, Kansas or wherever you're at. You're in Missouri. Um, you know, you can train because the rules there are different than the rules in California. So should everybody have to abide by one set of rules or is this thing widespread enough, Larry, that you're going to have to sort of make case by case exceptions? I think you're going to have to make case by case exceptions. And we're talking about it isn't like some teams can work out, say, maybe a week ahead of time or two weeks ahead of time. I'm talking a matter of, of days, so the time element comes into play. But do, do I, I, th- I think it's fair. I don't think that's really an issue. Um, just that, you know, sooner or later, all the teams are going ha- to have to get back on the field. I mean, it's, that's all there is to it. I mean, but, and if one or two or, or if a few teams, they, they get on the field like a day or two earlier, no big deal as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah, I mean that that is sort of it's it's an interesting uh, whenever you you start to to look at all of these you know they're already training individually right now they're just doing it in places yeah. that are not approved so there's no change the galaxy still did their training um, they still did their stuff today it just wasn't at the field so it doesn't feel like there's a competitive advantage I do feel like there's a mental advantage to it just a little bit um, but it seems like everything is it seems like the whole league is sort of going towards. Uh, back to training now. Uh, oh, this little side note: I'm about to drop a name, and I don't mean to drop the ne- drop this name, but maybe one of you can pick it up for me. Um, I was talking to Landon Donovan today, and obviously he was down at uh, the USL with the USL. Yeah, I was going to say Eric. Eric is going to give me crap for this. I knew it. Um, I was talking to Landon, and he was talking. He's the head coach. He's the manager um, of the San Diego Loyal down there. Um, and that's in USL. And we were, we have been for the last little while trying to get Landon on the show. That's not a big surprise. Um, and I think that'll eventually happen. But one of the things that sort of got in the way is that USL looks like they're going back to training as well. And he sort of mentioned, Hey, we're trying to get back to training. So it's kind of crazy around here. You know, we'll have to do it another time. Um, so yeah, it's just, it it seems interesting. Now USL is going back to possibly even full training. And then you look at full training in different areas. And when you have teams like an LA galaxy team that have a, an MLS team and a USL team, are they playing by the same rules? Um, which is just weird because you have to say what if USL's rules aren't as strict as MLS's rules, you know, it's just another sort of uh, little thing to to take into uh, account. Larry, what were you going to say? Oh, just uh, one question about Landon. Did he have anything to do with naming his team the Loyal? Why do you name a team the Loyal? Why, why not? I kind of like it, Larry. I mean, what, loyal? you could have gone, gone San Diego FC, which I think lacks some imagination, although I don't hate those names. They're just the traditional. I, I guess you call the fans, what, the Loyalists? I don't know. What? Why do you why why not? Uh, wh- you know why did you name a team? Why did MLS name a team? You know the Wiz, uh, the Kansas City Wizards. That's well, true. I mean, you know, That's I mean, true. there's that been some worse. really stupid names. Yeah, there's there's that been was some bad really too. That was really names. bad. And so, wasn't Eric, that, what were you I think, say? I think Bodie McBoatface was uh, wasn't wasn't that oh, the that was the, the lead contender initially? Yeah. And then Larry's yes, doing my my favorite uh, elder statesman move where you put the it's just San Diego loyal, not the loyal. 
It's just loyal. Yeah, it's oh, not the Seinfeld. That's true. It's just that's it's true. just Seinfeld. <laughs> but going back, but, but going back to training, I, I think you hit the nail on the head that if you can do it safely in other places, you have to do it. You have to allow it. So whether it gives an advantage or not, you have to allow it because you'd rather have players coming to a facility where everything is safe and sanitized and they're able to do it safely than doing it on their own. You know, you wouldn't say, well, we have one hospital bed available, but we're not going to let anyone use it because we can't give one to everybody. Well, you give it to the person who can, or you give it to someone or, you know, the, the closest possible ability. So the mental advantage is the big one. I think a famous person once said games, 80% physical, 60% mental. So, you know, there that's you a big edge. That, that is a big edge. I like that. All right. Uh, we'll move on here just real quickly. Uh, we talk about where the LA Galaxy would be, and we talked about it on Monday. I'll just remind you again. I think it's important to do this to understand where the season would have been and also just sort of how much ground needs to be made up if they decide to go back and do that. But you're basically looking at a week where the Galaxy would have been away to Portland, uh, would have been away midweek to Colorado, uh, and then hosted the New York Red Bulls um, coming back at Dignity Health Sports Park on a Sunday. So uh, this Sunday, you can sort of raise glass and, and toast a game that would have been L.A. versus New York, which is always, uh, I say always entertaining. It's always an interesting game. It's L.A. versus New York. Uh, I don't think it holds much sway anymore. Um, but at some point, you know, 2011, 2012, there were some actually pretty heated rivalries between L.A. and New York. And so uh, sometimes those those flare up and, and show show themselves uh, just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that's where the uh, L.A. Galaxy would have been. Anything? I mean, you, you got, does it feel like you, I think we talked about at the beginning of the season, May was supposed to be a super, super busy month for the L.A. Galaxy. Instead, we're all sitting here on our butts. Um, so, I mean, does it is it really starting to feel and, and Larry, I'll go with and you. My first. butt's is getting really, hard, too. Yeah, I was. I don't. Nobody wants to know that, Larry. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I'll ask you though. You know, does it seem like MLS is now so far behind the curve that, that you're not getting to a 34 game season? I mean, it's a stupid question because everybody says, "Yeah, duh." Everybody knows it's not happening. But at the same time, I mean, the games really are mounting up now, especially as the Galaxy. I think would have played six times in May, um, which is a lot of games in a very small amount of time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've talked about it before. I don't think there's any way that MLS can play a 34-game season. And, and if, if they do try to extend the full season, they're talking about playing, playing the MLS Cup early next year. Now, can you imagine playing the MLS Cup and there's like a nor'easter up around Boston or New England where the cup might be? Can, can you imagine playing in three or four feet of snow? I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I remember... I remember talking with Chris Klein one time, and he said one time when I believe he was at Indiana, he they played in a snowstorm and they used like a red ball. Can yeah. you imagine something like that might happen? I mean, you know, but there's no way they can play a 34 game season. There's no way, no way. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's pretty. Eric, anything to add to that? You, you want to bring out the orange snowball as well? That used to yeah. be like a snow. There, I think there's a Twitter account called like the Orange yeah. Ball that says Orange Ball is going to be used. Oh, only when it's active. Yeah, it rarely gets used. Every league has one. <laughs> You just you, yeah. you never really see it. I think it was used once last season in Colorado. Um, but as far as the 34-game season, you said it's kind of a silly question. It's probably not going to happen. Seven games in May on a regular schedule was difficult. So if they were to try to condense that, then you're talking, you know, it's going to be games every three days. So you'd have to have a month with like 10 games. And I think on players' bodies, and that's just – it's a completely unreasonable to ask that. So I think we're way past the point of, of making up those games. It's going to have to be – uh, some new competition. And I think the the danger of it is if you do MLS Cup early next year 
and let's say you choose a neutral site and it's somewhere where the weather is not snowy because I think you'd have to choose a neutral site for that reason, uh, then you have MLS Cup in January and then you start up again in March. It just it seems like you'd almost be better off just pushing it and and, and scrapping the season and doing it next year. It just seems like to, to rush to, to try to squeeze a bunch of games in and then turn around and then have a normal season a little bit later seems a little bit short-sighted as well. Larry, close it out. What would you want to say on the topic? Now, now regarding this, what's promised to be a compacted schedule, didn't Robin Frazier say today that he's in favor of like a five-substitute rule in games yeah, there, because yeah, of, the, of the games that figure to be packed into the schedule? Yeah, there's, uh, there's I can a see whole that. bunch of five-substitutes. Yeah, there's... Well, we were talking about five substitutes, and they're also talking about expanded rosters. And it's like, at the same time, it's like, yeah. okay, if we have five substitutes, do we really need expanded rosters? And so there's just a whole bunch of stuff that's being thrown around. Listen, it's going to be wacky. All right. This is going to be wacky. And I think that's sort of what we have to expect is it's going to be a wacky season. Uh, nothing is going to be right. Uh, I don't expect fans until 2021. Um, we may get to watch it on TV, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But uh, before we get too far, let's get to our interview that we had with uh, with the man who we affectionately call voice of an angel. Uh, Mr. Uh, L.A. Galaxy defender right back for the L.A. Galaxy. Uh, Mr. Rolf Felcher joined us just a little bit earlier, and we want to play that interview for you right now. All right, joining us right now, uh, a defender for the LA Galaxy, Mr. Rolf Felcher. Rolf, thanks for joining us, buddy. How are you doing? Everything fine. Everything good. Right now at home, I think like everybody. Yeah, I was, <laughs> so, yeah. was going to say it. My best. I was going to say, it looks like you're at home. And, and you know, I, I don't know how this is working for you, but this is how it's been working for me. And it seems to be the opposite for you. Rolf, during quarantine, I think I put on about 35 pounds. And judging from your Instagram stories and everything that's been coming out, I think you've lost some weight and you look better than ever. So so how, what is this quarantine diet that you're on and this workout that you're doing? Because I'm getting fatter and I think you're getting in better shape. You know, with me, it was always a little bit like that. You know, uh, when you, um, when I have, let's say, when I go for holidays and then I, my weight goes down, you know. <laughs> A lot of people, when they go to holidays, the weight goes up. But my weight goes down because I think also um, in, when, when, when we train with the club and uh, with the team, we go a lot in the gym sometimes, you know, and, and my genetics are like that. When I, when I do too much weight stuff, my weight goes up. So what I'm doing now is just trying to eat very well mm -hmm. because I'm always eating okay, you know, I eat well. But this quarantine, I'm very focusing myself to eat well, and and um, I'm training hard. You know, I'm trying to do what, what I need to do. You know, and when you eat well and you train good, that was happened. You know, then yeah, I was, you, so that's the secret. You figured it out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we that all know that. With me, with me, <laughs> with me. <laughs> Eric, you have some questions. Why don't you go? Yeah, so uh, Rolf, you you know you're pretty much a, an MLS veteran now that you've had a couple full seasons under your belt. How was your transition to MLS, and were there any teammates that helped you along the way when you first arrived? Uh, let's say I was uh, like I was in many leagues already, and for me uh, to come like here, it was new for like a new country. You know, you're not anymore in Europe, uh, what you're used to normally, but. Um, I was from the from the first beginning. I was very happy here, you know, from from the stadiums, from our stadium, especially the training facility, uh, just like uh, everything so positive. And um, 
I like LA, I like the city, my family's happy here. And like I told you, for me, it was nothing new, you know, it was just another another new place. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. With, sorry, and with uh, being new to the country, were there any teammates or anyone kind of showed you around, showed you some good restaurants or any, any teammates help you out when you first got here? No, not so much, no, you know, you because at the end, you know, everybody's like focusing on, on their own life. Okay. And uh, of course we, we train, we train together. And uh, when, when we are there, we are a, a team and, and now, of course, in the in the private time, everybody do his own thing. You know, everybody has or many players has family like me. So the most of the time in my private life, I'm with my family. So I'm OK with that. Yeah, that's a good, not a bad problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Rolf, you know, with, with this quarantine, obviously it's a different situation. Um, it's it's not something that I think as, as soccer players or, you know, as people who cover the game, we're sort of used to these these long breaks now, protracted breaks, even without formalized training. Um, how has your mindset been going into, you know, the quarantine? Are, do you feel like you're you're more focused because of the quarantine? Do you feel like it's a distraction? I mean, you know, how are you getting through this both mentally and, and obviously physically? No, I think I'm I'm more focused than ever. I'm always always focused on the things I I want to achieve and uh, on, on on soccer. So that's always like after family, it's it's that you know. Mm-hmm. And it was always like that, and I think there is no um, other things to do. You know, you're at home. You have enough time to to train your head, to train your body and mind. I think I, I I'm focusing the most uh, to train my mind at this moment you know like i'm training of course like i always do mm-hmm. i'm trying to eat very well because my my goal is to to come back stronger than before and yeah like uh, many things i want to i want to do i want many positive things in my mind i have so i want to just achieve them with with galaxy with the team and and uh, yeah like the, the most important thing is is for me to to do something nice with this club you know and something nice is first going the playoff and then and then win the championship you know it's not just going in the playoff because many teams are going in the playoff it's nothing it's nothing big you know the big thing is to win something so and i'm just trying to do my best this quarantine to to be with my family more than ever i swear more than ever because before i was always with my family but right now i'm in in the moment you know Sometimes you get distracted and you want to think in front and want to think like things in the future, but there is no things in the future. Like now I'm here on an interview with you guys and uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I was going to say the the other you know sort of part of this is you, you, we have 180 minutes of this of the season played. You have two games played so far, but uh, you came out. I would say uh, what looks like focused and, and ready to go um, in those first two games um, all the way through preseason as well. I know that there were a lot of people talking about maybe that you had taken a step forward in the off season. Uh, did you do anything special this off season? Did anything change for you or is it just a natural progression of the, of the game? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, everybody should work on, on, on themselves, you know, what you can do better in life to, to achieve more things, you know, like, and, and the same thing for me, you know, I, I try to train more my mind now, uh, because the mind is everything, you know, the mind, the, the body, everything, just be grateful for the things I have, you know, sometimes 
happens with everybody. You you are maybe not so grateful for things in life, and I think that is not the the good way. You need to be grateful, especially myself. So grateful for the things I have, and um, I think right now there are people going through difficult moments. So for me, I'm just I'm just happy for what I have. And uh, I'm just just focusing myself for the comeback, you know, for the comeback when this quarantine is over and and then ready to go. Yeah, I, I was gonna say the LA Galaxy uh, look like they're returning to uh, individual training here next week. Um, are you looking forward to, to doing that, to getting back to you know the stadium, even if you can't go in the locker rooms, even if you can't go you know in in the gym in those areas? Uh, are you looking forward to at least getting near some of the other guys uh, as, as it goes? Yeah. I- I'm very happy for that because training alone every day, you know, it's not easy, you know, right. because you need to push yourself and every day it's not easy to, because you have to be honest, you know, you don't wake up every morning and you say, yes, hey, I, I want to do the program again. I can't wait for that. I want, I want to do again the, 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 the problem, the program which they are giving us and, and suffer. And yeah, amazing. No. If you suffer in the pitch and there with the teammates and stuff like this, this is this this is what I like, you know. And uh, but actually now I'm I'm very very good. Like in my head, like I, I could I could say the first ten days, twenty days it was a little bit difficult. But now I'm I'm really into return. Like I want to return like a monster, you know. So <laughs> I swear, just training hard and and focusing my mind to be strong. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, Eric. What what else you have for all? Uh, yeah, the other thing, uh, you know, speaking of keeping your, your mind focused and everything, it seems like you're able to, you know, distract yourself with some singing in the background. You know, we love watching your videos of you singing. I know your sister's a singer and you like to sing your Michael Jackson songs. Or do you come from a musical family? Where does that music uh, background come from? Actually, no, actually nobody in my family <laughs> is singing or something, you know, like, I started to do that like already when I was very young, you know, maybe 10 years old. I started to listen to the songs of him and I was very crazy about his songs, like how he danced and everything, you know, like like a fan, like a mm-hmm. real fan. I'm still a fan, you know. So, um, yeah, for me, he was always the king of, of the music for me. And there, there are many good artists and I, I just like to sing. I like to sing everywhere in my room, in my bedroom, everywhere I'm singing, you know. I just like to do that. I, I was going to say, is you know, you mentioned that you used to dance like Michael Jackson as well. Have we been missing out on Rolf Felcher dancing like Michael Jackson on the Instagram videos? I don't think we've seen that, Rolf. Or is that something that maybe you can pull out before this quarantine's over? Yeah, I did some dancing, like just short dancing, but <laughs> there, there is like good, good, uh, good moves. My MJ move, I have a lot, so I didn't show them yet. I uh, wanted to show them in the in a special moment. But I, I understand that makes some sense. Well, we we affectionately call you Rolf Felcher, voice of an angel, uh, because you, I, as far as I know, you're the best singing LA Galaxy player that I think has ever been on the team, and I've been covering it since 2009. Um, so so we're we uh, we enjoy that about you, and it's it's one of the things that we get asked about uh, the most about uh, about you is when is Rolf going to come on and and sing a song? So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. It's totally up to you. You don't have to. Otherwise, I'm gonna make Eric sing, which is way more fun if you don't want to give us a little song. Do you mean singing right now? Yeah, why? Do you, why not? Let's let's do it. I mean, you know, I I didn't I, I didn't get trapped in an elevator. 
walk your top goddess. You feel my fever from miles around. You pick me up my car and I'll back the down. That that's amazing. <laughs> that is that is it's that's it's perfect. ridiculous, Rolf. Uh, I'll I'll tell you, my sister. I did grow up. My sister is a singer, um, and I can tell you that uh, if you've never been professionally trained, it sounds like you have. Not only that, you sound like oh, Michael man. Jackson. It it, it you're, it's wonderful, and and I hope that brought joy to everybody else who who enjoyed it because I know I had a great time with it. Eric, you have any uh, final questions for Rolf before we uh, let him get out of here because he's been awesome. Well, it's hard to top anything after singing, so I'm just going to leave it alone. And, uh, I, I, I'm done for for today. That was uh, awesome. And you're, uh, I just want to say thank you for you know for coming on and your mentality and and the passion that you give for the club. It really shows through, and that's why you know I know from the fans and from a lot of people who follow the team, they appreciate uh, you know you giving back and showing that personality because that's really kind of what brings uh, you know people together and supporting the club. So thank you thank for you coming on and taking your time. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Rolf, I'll, I'll, I'll finish yeah. with this question. Um, and, you know, it, it's about, uh, you know, let's pretend that everything's going to get back here. We're going to get back to playing games and it's going to happen soon. And, you know, everybody's going to get to enjoy that again. What are your goals personally for you for the rest of this season? And I know it's a weird, messed up sort of squared season and it may be a lot of games in rapid succession and you may have to play them without fans. Um, but what are what are still some of those goals for you with the LA Galaxy? Um, I've... Yeah, personal, personal is um, yeah, of course, have good results, good results. Not go just in the playoff, like suffering or something like that. Good results to get in the playoff. And for myself, of course, I wanna wanna do goals. Also, if right. I'm a defender, I wanna do goals, some goals, five goals, five goals, ten assists will be nice. I, I love those numbers and I, I like it not only because it's uh, it's it's coming from you, but also because it's coming from a defender and uh, as a defender at heart, I enjoy the the offensive uh, sort of aspirations that you have. So, Rolf, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much for coming on, buddy. We really, really appreciate it. We know uh, you're busy in quarantine. You're working out. You're singing songs. You're doing all that stuff. And you came on the show and we certainly appreciate it. So thank you so much. Thank you, too. Also. OK, Thanks, I appreciate that. Right. You, too. Have a good day. Bye. All right, there we go. Mr. Rolf Felcher, voice of an angel, L.A. Galaxy defender, uh, a guy who is uh, the best in shape L.A. Galaxy player I may have ever seen. I don't know. If there's, I mean, there's been some washboard stomachs. I know Brian Jordan just jumped up out of his seat whenever I said best, you know, best in shape L.A. Galaxy player ever. But Rolf Felcher is this amazing physical specimen uh, and I think more than anything, you know, we wanted to have fun and he, he sings amazing. And to do that for us was was both uh, ridiculously kind uh, and totally unnecessary. He should have made Eric sing, uh, which we still might do. Um, but, you know, seeing this is the big takeaway from that is, yes, he can sing. And yes, he works. But it's the it's the mental focus that he talked about over and over again. And, and for me, that's that's sort of my big takeaway from from Rolf Felcher is that this is a guy who's dedicated to his craft and you can see that and you see that in the way that he trains, he eats, he works, and quite honestly, even as he, as he sings, uh, it's all focused. It's all sort of eye of the tiger. And, and you know, I don't know if that side of him comes across all the time, but it was sort of interesting to see. So a big thanks to the LA Galaxy. Uh, a big thanks to Rolf Felcher for coming on and taking some time. Larry, what did you, uh, what did you think of Rolf? You know, two things about about Rolf. One, did you see his neck and shoulder muscles? Holy smokes! I mean, he's been he's been hitting the iron. And two, did you notice that when he sang, there was no accent? 
Did you notice that? I, I mean, you know, he's, he, that's because he sings like Michael. I mean, Michael he, and, you know, that, he, he did a he did a great job. He, he's he's amazing. Uh, I I would like to call just malarkey on one thing though, uh, Eric. He said that uh, he said that when he goes on holiday, he loses weight. What kind of holiday do you what go weight? on and lose weight? Yeah, how does that work, Eric? Do you know this? Do you know the the keys to Rolf's success? Well, I, I think with any professional athlete, there's the training, there's the hard work. But genetics plays a factor. And if you're listening closely, he said that as well. In addition to being a hard worker, and I took the same takeaway that you did, which his mental toughness is something that, you know, maybe doesn't always come across. But when he was explaining his dedication and that that, that mental toughness came through. But he mentioned that, you know, he's, he's kind of hit the genetic lottery as well because I, I, I can work out, you know, 24 hours a day and I, I'm not going to get abs that look like that. There's just certain genetics uh, that, that play into a factor. And uh, I think we can confirm confirm voice of an angel because uh, when he's saying he levitated I, I swear that he levitated so uh, whatever yoga yeah when if he becomes a yogi and starts a you know like a, a cult in Oregon you know I'm, I'm I'm on board I'm on board with Rolf he's my Bhagwan yeah. I'm following him I'm following him I- I think Rolf has 26 abs uh, just by the Instagram videos I've seen I think that's the rough number Larry what would what you want to say Josh uh, and one other takeaway from the interview is that it was nice to know that your sister could sing, and obviously, you can talk. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. Well, you know, uh, what did we think? Uh, at one point, there was a there was a question about uh, who was going to be like in the newspaper first, and clearly, it was always going to be her because she was an actress and all this stuff. Um, and then somehow, I ended up doing something that I had really no business doing, and I I got in the the newspaper first. So you know, between she's been in the newspaper plenty of times. I don't want to take him away. She was an actress in Washington <laughs> D.C. for a little while. So uh, I don't want to start a family feud unless she actually be listening. Uh, but anyway, no, I thought that was great from uh, from from Rolf Felcher, and uh, again, amazing to sort of talk to him. I probably could have talked to him for a lot longer. I, the one thing we didn't get to point out, he just won. MLS has talent, right? MLS has got talent. They did like a thing it's where they're called, going around to the. What is it? Yeah, it's called MLS Idol. I D L E. Oh, there you it's go. Kind of a play on American Idol. Oh. Now that everyone's idol right now. Yeah, laugh. Okay. Take, yes. Pause, pause for laughter. Uh, pause but, yeah, for laughter. He won right. for, for that for that clip of him singing in the elevator. Uh, but I think our clip was a little bit better than that. Our clip is better than that. I will say that uh, I think we have better sound quality. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there. Uh, but Rolf was great to throw to jump on a Zoom call with us earlier and do that. All right, let's get to some rumors, uh, some interesting stuff. As we have about 20 minutes left in the show, uh, Pavone, Christian Pavone. We've been talking a lot about him. Uh, Dennis DeCloso was on this program, talked about Christian Pavone, uh, talked about not really having made up their mind on him yet, and really we're taking that to mean that they're not buying Christian Pavone. Uh, we've heard hints about that before, but the money seems like it's such a large amount of money, and whether it's 20 million or whether it's 12 or 15, that's still a lot of money. Um, and so it doesn't look like the LA Galaxy will be buying him, uh, but there is an expectation, and Dennis DeCloso said so on this podcast. He said that Christian Pavone would be with the club uh, until the end of the season. Uh, we'll see if that holds out and if everything sort of happens, but the one rumor, and I, I, you know, most of the time I fancy myself an expert. Larry, Eric, you guys know that. I, I do my studying. I, I dig into things. I can usually figure out what things... But the rumor out there right now is that Christian Bavone is being sought by an investment group. A group of investors is apparently interested in the Argentine uh, right. Uh, the Argentine right now. Uh, it seems unlikely that Pavone will be bought by the Galaxy, but that Pavone should stay with the club through the rest of the year. So, um, I don't know where to go with this because technically third-party registration is illegal. 
So you can't buy a player and then sell a player. You, you as a non-club entity can't own a player. So I'm sort of wondering where this investment group is and, and whether I got lost in translation, be trying, trying to find out all these things. Um, but, you know, certainly they, they mentioned Boca Juniors and the fact that he's on loan with the LA Galaxy and that there seems like there's a group of people that are trying to raise enough money to get Christian Pavone to a club. What club that is, I don't know. Um, does any of this sound anywhere near reasonable, uh, Eric? That, that this this is crazy, right? I, I've I've never heard uh, of that situation happen before. You know, so when you said a group of investors, I was waiting to hear a group of investors who own such and such club, and that you never finished that sentence, so it kind of threw me off. So we, I was like, is a group of investors buying him and donating his body to science? Like. What exactly is this group of investors going to do? So I've never heard of that happening where, you know, a group buys him and then, you know, we'll shop him to clubs and they'll make the profits, you know, something where if the Galaxy were to pay the price and sell them on, they'd make whatever profits from that. So business-wise, it makes sense for a group to, to do that. The legality and, the, and how it works, I don't know uh, exactly. I, again, like I said, I've been following the game for a long time and, and I don't think I've ever heard of that situation before, although I'm sure someone in the chat room uh, will let me know otherwise, but it just—it's. It, I think this pandemic is probably going to bring situations like that. People with outside the box thinking, and that just sounds like if if you're thinking outside the box with no clubs playing right now, it's it's not. I've never heard of it, but it doesn't sound unreasonable. Yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting, uh, Larry. In your 107 years covering soccer in the United States, 108. Uh, have you ever 108. Heard, oh, sorry, uh, 108 years covering soccer in the United States. Have you ever heard anything like this? Never, never. You know, and the, you know, the one question I have about all those controversy, all these rumors surrounding, but I'd like to ask both you guys, if the season hadn't been put on hold mm. and the team revenue hadn't dropped so dramatically, would there have been any question that Pavone would be back on the Galaxy next season? Eric, you can go first on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I say if the revenue was there and he was continuing to play well, I think that yeah, they would have they would have bought him. The other kind of caveat with that is if he was continuing to play well, then they may have sold him on, you know, in the in the fall to a club when the European seasons were starting back up or other leagues were starting because you know we know that's an end goal, a desire of his. So if he does well at the beginning of the season, kind of sets the world on fire during the summer, scores a lot of goals, has that MVP type season. And the Galaxy say, okay, we have an agreement, you know, with, you know, Napoli and Italy, and we're going to send them there in the fall. That, that to me, seems likable as well. So you have to buy him to sell him on. Uh, but, yeah, I, I feel like they would have got him if, if times were different. Yeah, it, it, it very well could have been. Um, I feel like if the amount of money that they're really – if it's anywhere near $20 million, I think it's probably unlikely that he ever stayed. Uh, it just seems like it's too much money. Too much. Um, if it's closer to, like – eight million dollars again we always talk about deals and we always talk about knowing the money because the money makes sense you know oh uh you know do you want zlatan ibrahimovic for you know 70 million dollars no i don't want zlatan ibrahimovic for 70 million do you want zlatan for 1.5 million dollars yeah duh you know that's it's it's easy stuff like that um that you can sort of make those decisions and look at it do you want Messi for five hundred thousand dollars in an allocation spot yeah okay sure why not you know i mean you can you can do these things and sort of you know do you want Messi for 150 million dollars yes of course that makes perfect sense. So, you know, you look at all these things, you always have to judge that. And it totally depends on uh, what the money is and how that goes. But the fact that they can't see him play, and I think Dennis sort of mentioned this when he was on the show, is the fact that he can't play um, right now 
it sort of means that you're not able to see him grow into these next things or do these next things. And so you can't sort of you can't make those decisions. And the decision is going to be not to buy, especially in a tight financial situation. Uh, you're not going to buy and you're going to see what else is out there. I mean, there's other rumors out there. Gareth Bale's back on there. Uh, we talked about Gonzalo Higuain, um, you know, in the previous uh, show as well. So there's rumors out there that the LA Galaxy are almost always involved in. Um, so it's just sort of one of those things you have to continue to watch. Uh, for this one right now, I'm not putting a ton of stock in Pavone being bought by a bunch of guys who put some money. I mean, guys, we could pass the hat or around girls. and see if we could buy Christian Pavone too. You know, we could we could we could try that. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Maybe a GoFundMe. Maybe maybe we could do that. See it. Uh, yeah, COG yeah, Investment yeah. is purchasing that, Christian. Pavone. There you go. I like, I like that. Uh, oh, that right, secret COG budget. That, that's right. Baylor always talks about our secret COG budget. Uh, let's go to Jonathan Dos Santos because he's in the rumor mill as well. Uh, does Jonathan Dos Santos want to reunite with Giovanni Dos Santos at Club America in uh, Liga MX? Uh, listen, so far, uh, all indications have been no, um, that that doesn't seem to be that. Uh, Jonathan has said that he wants to sort of end his career with the LA Galaxy. Uh, maybe that means he goes to America for a couple years and then comes back. I don't know if that if you're maybe if you're reading between the lines, you can find it. Uh, Dennis DeClosa also says no, uh, really, and and quotes that he's been uh, that he said he said you know listen I'd listen if he wanted to go to America, but I expect Jonathan to be here. He's a captain for a reason. Um, he wants to take on that role and that responsibility. He's a very good player, and he'd like to see him here for many years to come. Is this just uh, is this just more always trying to link the two brothers together? I mean, it happened once before. Uh, we've seen it. Uh, it happened, you know, here at LA. Did it happen uh, in Spain too? That they both played on the same team? Yeah. So that happened as well. I mean, you know, so they do travel. It's not completely out of left field. And maybe the LA Galaxy want to open up a designated player spot. Maybe they are looking for something else. Maybe they don't think that Jonathan can fit that, or maybe Jonathan wants to go. All of those things are certainly reasonable. Um, and you can't say that Jonathan is never going to go to America to join back up with uh, GDS at a place where his father played. I mean, there's too many connections to say no. This is out of left field. But at the same time, uh, Larry, do you feel do you give in to any of this? Uh, you think Jonathan would depart to go to America? No, I'm, personally, no, I don't think so. Uh, it seems like every day we hear another rumor regarding the, regarding his wishes, so-called wishes of going of going to Club America to join his, his uh, brother. Um, he's he said in the past that he loves the Galaxy. He he loves Southern California. He loves playing on this team. And just today, there was a story uh, out of GQ or something that quoted him as saying he believes MLS will be one of the top leagues in the world in the next four to five years, which I think is kind of a stretch, but it is right. improving. But it's just every, it seems like every day somebody comes up with some, some rumor about him wanting to go back or go to Club America. Personally, I don't think there's any, there's any credence to it. Uh, no, he, I think he really loves the Galaxy, and I think he really does want to finish his career here. Yeah, Eric, uh, question to you then. Um, you know, does Jonathan Dos Santos, um, does he fit the role of a designated player for the LA Galaxy? I mean, is this somebody that they do need to keep, that they do need to hold on to? He's the captain. Uh, he's one of the guys who's been transitioning this team through a bunch of different coaches and a whole bunch of fun stuff like that. Um, but is he the guy that you think, you know, is long-term with the LA Galaxy? You're going to put me on the spot for the, the is Jonathan Dos yeah. Santos a worthy DP? Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm sure I won't get yep. Any heat for the comments I'm about to make. Uh, so no. Jonathan Dos Santos is proven that he's been kind of the engine of this LA Galaxy team, uh, you know, all of last season and towards the end of the season before that. So he's definitely an integral part and a worthy designated player. Now, 
you mentioned with this pandemic going on and all of the rumors, MLS has is in a position where they can bring in players like Gareth Bale, players like Higuain. You know, the Ronaldos are always going to get tossed around there. The Messies, those names are always going to get thrown around there. So if they have the opportunity to go after big names like that, Jonathan Dos Santos, by comparison, uh, is is not going to be worthy of that deal. So can you get someone? When we were talking about this off air, can you get someone like a Juninho, like a you know Nigel De Jong, who can fill that role, but maybe at a lower price without having the designated player cap? So I think the the hard truth and the hard answer is probably yes. But do, do, does that mean I don't like what Jonathan Dos Santos brings and I don't want him on the team? That's not true either. I want him on the team. I think he is filling his role perfectly. I think he's a great captain and he's the engine that runs this LA Galaxy team right now. But um, but big picture, when you talk about world superstars who you could bring in, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, purchasing fees and salaries, that level of player, you know, he's he, he's not there. And that, that that's not a slide on Jonathan Dos Santos because there's not a lot of people that are there. Yeah, Gareth Bale, we, yes. Gareth Bale, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we always talk <laughs> about marketability. I mean, it's one of the knocks against Christian Pavone as well is the marketability of Christian Pavone. <sighs> It's so hard. We do a podcast that is geared towards, you know, LA Galaxy fans, clearly. Uh, if you want to know about the LA Galaxy, that's why you're listening to this podcast. So it's a different sort of understanding of what the global market is outside of our little fan bubble that we're able to speak within, which is Christian Pavone is great and you'd want to see him. Um, how marketable is he in Los Angeles? Eh, I mean, people are going to show up. There's going to be some people who are like, yeah, that's great. Same with Jonathan Dos Santos is marketability. There are going to be some people who show up for Jonathan Dos Santos. Um, you know, his Mexican national team success and his ability to sort of um, look at all of these, um, you, you know, sort of bring together this this team, especially with Chicharito on it now. It's, it's a reason to sit there and say, okay, yeah, uh, he's marketable to a certain point. Can you find somebody more marketable than Christian Pavone? And can you find somebody more marketable than Jonathan Dos Santos? And can you find better players at those positions as well? Those are always the questions that you sort of have to ask if you're in Los Angeles. You need a winning team. You always need a winning team. You need an entertaining team. You always need an entertaining team. But you need a marketable team too, especially if you're looking at what financially the LA Galaxy are probably going to be hit with after you know coming out of this pandemic. So um, all of those things always have to be sort of combined uh, together. Anybody have any final thoughts on that one? Uh, Larry, Eric, any of you guys? No? Okay, you're shaking your head. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> I was, yeah. was going to say the final point on that is as marketable as Jonathan Dos Santos may be, he is the least marketable of the Dos Santos, or not the, not the least marketable because there's a third one there who's probably less marketable, but of Fred, Gio Fred and Dos Jonah, Gio, yeah, Gio was much more marketable and people, I think more people came out to see Gio than they did to see Jonah. And that right. doesn't, you know, take on the, on the, on the field play out of it. Just, you know, he, he wasn't at the level that his brother was. His brother was a superstar for the Mexican national team. And that just brought a different level of, uh, of clout with it that, that John, Jonathan doesn't have. And again, this sounds like I'm bashing him. I'm not bashing him. I love wow. him as a player. Probably my, like one of my, you know, top, top two favorite, uh, you know, galaxy players right now, but it just, it's just when you're being real and being honest, he he's not at that level. Yeah. Larry, did you have one thing to add? Did I see, or you got, okay, go ahead. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Eric, Eric, oh, okay. told oh, okay. it, told it like, like it is. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say so. You're so you're with so you're with Eric. You hate Jonathan Dos Santos too. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure we got all that. Right. Yeah, run that. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's let's we're gonna quickly go through this, and this is just sort of an interesting thing. It's something to watch. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before at the beginning of the show. Uh, Bundesliga is the first European European team, um, our European league, to schedule a restart um, in Germany May fifteenth. Uh, that will be seeing you know back to top flight soccer with empty stadiums. Um, so you can go check that out. The big deal about all this is that MLS and every other professional sports league is sort of gonna keep an eye on how they're doing and how they do it. Um, and so this is the this is where if it's going to go wrong, Germany is out there in front right now and they could have it go wrong badly. The only difference here is that when we talked about it, you know, sort of ad nauseum, so we won't dive into it, is that MLS is at the beginning of their season and Bundesliga is trying to close it up. I mean, you know, they have a limited number of games and a limited number of weeks that they have to get through this. Uh, having said all that, it's still going to be sort of a patchwork or maybe a blueprint for MLS to sort of see how they get through it. Um, and so it'll be interesting. Larry, quickly, what do you got? I was going to say, people aren't going to be looking at this Bundesliga restart with a magnifying glass. This is going to be looked at with like an electron microscope. I mean, this is going to be, wow. If any if any small thing goes wrong, oh boy. Oh boy. I, the, I think the fecal, I think the fecal matter will hit the fan. I was going to say, uh, oh, I think they're close. They're closer to, this is a family show, Larry. I think they're closer <laughs> to the large hydron uh, collider. So, you know, we could, maybe sure. we could get that. Uh Let's see. This was a question that Eric on Twitter asked. Uh, he says, what happens to blackouts if the galaxy play behind closed doors? Yeah, it wasn't you, Eric. It wasn't yeah, this I, I, it wasn't. I, I don't I don't ask myself my own questions. Yeah, I was going to say that <laughs> might that might have helped. Uh, he says, what happens if MLS plays behind closed doors? Will ESPN plus end the annoying blackout rule? The justification for it will no longer exist uh, quickly. Eric, and to everybody who's there. Uh, no, it will not end because the blackouts are not a attendance-based thing like they are in NFL, and that's not why a local blackout would happen if you can't sell out a certain number of seats in the stadium. That's not what the local blackout rule is. The reason is that Spectrum holds the TV rights uh, for the local broadcast, and they spend more money than anybody else in the league uh, to broadcast the LA Galaxy's local broadcast rights. It's a great deal for the LA Galaxy. Um, so if you're talking about a team most that really needs to have games being played to the LA Galaxy because what is it five million dollars a year three million dollars a year something like that I don't remember off the top of my head it's a lot of money um, you can do pay a lot of bills with what they're getting paid in TV revenue and it's spectrum that blocks out that the reason ESPN plus can't send it in the local areas and it blacks out is because they don't have the local broadcast rights that's it that's the justification so if they play behind closed doors of course not spectrum is going to want their money because they're paying for it and they're just losing money like crazy um, so they're going to want to do that. Um, and they're going to want to, um, you know, get their games and then ESPN plus will broadcast everything like it normally is. You're not going to see, uh, anything else. Um, let's see a couple more things here and then we will, uh, close it up. Uh, extra time radio and Mount Rushmore. Larry, yes. Did you want to, do you want to say I something? One, one question about the, about the TV issue. Are there any spectrum fans still out there? No, there aren't. I, I, as I said on, as I said on <laughs> I Twitter, I said, that. listen, if you're, yeah, if you're going to complain about Spectrum, uh, don't complain about this. This is them having the local rights. There's plenty of other things to complain about, um, but they own the local rights to the LA Galaxy. It's not their fault. They paid for it. They get it. The LA Galaxy reap benefit. They're beneficially. They they are beneficial uh, for the LA Galaxy. Certainly, it's not a bad local TV deal. We'll see what happens after this ends, and the LA Galaxy don't have that money coming in, and who gets that local broadcast deal? I think that's in 2021 that it ends. So we'll sort of uh, we'll sort of see. Um, and as I'm reminded, Spectrum did get added to Directv and AT so more people can now watch it um so we'll see if that means that larry now can watch it probably not still not still not larry uh he'll probably be at a bar near 
Yeah, he'll be at a bar near you if they open bars back up. Yeah, we've said it yep. once before here. If if you are able to invest in a VPN, invest in a VPN. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah just it, it, well, you, you know, need ESPN Plus also, but well, yeah, but it's, for worth, security it's worth the investment for security yes. reasons. You to should protect have your privacy. VPN to protect your privacy. Oh my, we really, one of these days we're going to get a cease and desist order. I'm waiting for it. All right, uh, <laughs> Extra Time Radio uh, put out there that asked the question. I didn't listen to the podcast, but it was at least a good question. And it was a good question <laughs> mostly because whenever you start this, uh, it seems to be LA Galaxy centric and there's no way around that. Uh, Extra Time Radio said there was a Mount Rushmore for MLS. Remember, they said Mount Rushmore for each team. People talked about it. I think we even talked about the Mount Rushmore of LA Galaxy. You know, who would that be on there? And it's probably, you know, uh, David Beckham and Landon Donovan. This is for the team. Uh, and Robbie Keane. And then there's a question mark. Who are you going to put Kobe Jones there? Sure, why not? You could do that. Uh, could you put a coach there? Maybe Siggy Schmidt, some of that. Maybe Bruce Arena. Probably Bruce Arena. You could do that as well. Those are That's for the LA Galaxy. But now we ask the question, what about MLS's Mount Rushmore and how many LA Galaxy players end up being on there? Because the one person that is mandatory is on your Mount Rushmore, guys, is David Beckham. He's the first one and he's on there. And there's no arguing about that at all. So, uh, Eric, your Mount Rushmore, uh, who do you have on the MLS Mount Rushmore? I was going to say, it's very similar to the LA Galaxy Mount Rushmore. Uh, but basically... David Beckham, I know he has to be there for the league. And I think that was a conversation when they first had their Mount Rushmore. They, someone, did, I think it was Charlie Davies, debated, he said he's going to leave David Beckham off of the Galaxy Mount Rushmore because he was going to go on the MLS Mount Rushmore. So David Beckham, I think, number one with a bullet, that's fair. Second one is Landon Donovan. I think Landon Donovan, for what he did uh, with San Jose before he came to the Galaxy, winning MLS Cups there, then coming to the Galaxy, becoming a leading goal scorer, uh, winning MLS Cups in LA as well. I think he's number two on Mount Rushmore. Three and four is where it gets a little bit trickier. I think at the beginning of the league, someone like Carlos Valderrama, he was at that time in 1996, one of the world's most recognizable players. So for that era, he was he was a great player for the league and he was an assist machine. I, I don't have the the stats in front of me, but I remember him. He was you know there he almost didn't play in a game where he didn't get at least one assist. So Carlos Valderrama for being, you know, we talked about being marketable, being marketable, recognizable, and talented for what he did for the league. I think he, he's on that list. The last one I'm going to go with a little bit of a wild card. It's going to be Nick, Nick Romando. I think he's yeah. had a long career. He's been at every, you know, it feels like every station of the league, although obviously it doesn't go back that far. But he's just someone who when you think of MLS, you think of MLS goalkeepers, he's probably the first name that pops in my head. Not necessarily a world you know, that name's gonna, not going to pop out in the world of soccer. Right. But for MLS, I think he's earned, uh, you know, a spot on Mount Rushmore. So David Beckham, Landon Donovan, Carlos Valderrama, Nick Romando. All right. I like it. Uh, Larry, Mr. Larry Morgan, who's been pontificating upon this all day. Uh, what, what do you have for me, wow. Mr. Morgan? Pontificating. Very impressive. But can you spell it? Uh, I would certainly agree with Eric. The first two choices, uh, Landon Donovan, uh, there's no... There's no doubt he's the greatest player, greatest soccer player in his country's history. I mean, what kind of impact did he have on MLS? Most valuable player trophy has been named after him. Uh, certainly, number two would be David Beckham. He brought, he really brought a sense of international respect to this league, something the league really needed at the time he did come into this league. Uh, number three for me would be Jaime Moreno, DC United. 
Um, here's 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 a guy, five times named to MLS Best Eleven, four MLS Cups, MVP in 1997, and he also was the first player in MLS history to reach 100 career goals and 100 career assists. And if and I'm just not saying it off the top of my head, I looked it up before the broadcast, so I'd sound intelligent. Right. And number four, I'm going to go with the coach. I'm going to go with MLS's answer to Mr. Warmth, none other than Bruce Arena. Siggy uh, yeah. Schmidt was a very close second, but I would give the nod to Bruce Arena. Yeah, I was going to say. But I don't, I I don't think, think you I'm, can go wrong with Eric's choices, my choices. And I don't want to hear yours, Josh. Let's hear yours. Uh, <laughs> I have such a hard the, the, My hard time is the, is this, that Robbie Keane, to me, has to be on there. So I'll go Landon and David Beckham, and I'll put Robbie Keane on there. And it's because it was the first time you could see how a designated player could really transform a team. I mean, David Beckham had some struggles. Robbie Keane came on, and even in the last, like, eight games, he tore people apart. Um, he helped them win, you know, the 2011 MLS Cup, which uh, our lovely listeners have voted as the best MLS team ever, um, or the best LA Galaxy team ever, um, is the 2011. I would still argue that 2012 got better than 2011, and you might even argue that 2014 was better than 2012. But however you look at that, Robbie Keane played such huge, important parts of uh, of that. Yeah, uh, Larry Morgan has his, for all you listening, Larry Morgan has his 2011 LA Galaxy uh, shirt on uh, right now. What, is it, what does it say? LA Galaxy Soccer 2011. There it is. All right. So uh, Larry's clearly running out of clean clothes during quarantine. Um, so uh, <laughs> He's been working so, in reverse. Yeah. That's, that's right. Nice that's right. Shirt. I mean, you know, I think that if you look at coaches um, that Bruce Arena has to be there, I, I think that Siggy Schmidt has to be there. Uh, it, that's where it gets difficult, and it's the fourth one. I mean, I'd put Bruce on there and say that that was uh, certainly one. I know, Larry, you and I were talking about, um, you know, Precky. Um, we were talking, I mean, Jaime Moreno is a great call too. I'd like Nick Romando just because of the Iron Man status that he had as well. The, you know, that's sort of where this comes down to is you have three, it's what's four. Um, I think yeah. three for me, Robbie Keane's a no brainer. I mean, you could even see, t- see Thierry Henry, uh, coming in and possibly putting his step on things because he was that yeah. next sort of, okay, Robbie Keane came in Thierry Henry. Oh, look, oh, there's an answer. Okay. You know, and, and that's like, and I'm clearly going to be. Uh, more towards the current years that I watch too. I mean, that's just that's hard for me to go back and watch some of those old games. Although Bruce Arena once told uh, told us that uh, his DC United teams and some of those teams back there probably would, could have held up against anybody um, in Major League Soccer even now. So it's always interesting. Larry, close us out on this particular topic. I have a story about Thierry Henry. This is back in 2009 when AJ De La Garza was a rookie defender with the Galaxy. And this is when the Galaxy would, would play friendlies during the summer. And one friendly was against AC Milan, which had the player named Ronaldinho. And AJ went against this guy and more than held his own, did a very good job that day. But then later on that summer, they played FC Barcelona and he had to go against Thierry Henry. And AJ told me after the game that he thought Thierry Henry was the strongest player he has ever faced. Yeah. And AJ yeah, did a great did, job on him that, that night, too. Well, hey, I mean, you know, if you're talking about a Mount Rushmore, AJ De La Garza might be up there just in terms of his tackle on Charlie Davies in the 2014 MLS Cup. Eric, what do you got? Yes. Yeah, I, I was just going to second that, that. Larry seconded Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry was actually the first name that I was going to put up instead of Romando. But I just think longevity and time here, and that's why right. I didn't pick Robbie Keane, is just because I think there's a certain number, years of service. I like to honor that. So I think yeah, I that's why someone like Henri and like Keane, I'd put them, like if you're going most talented, like pound for pound, I think Henri and Keane right. are on are on that Mount Rushmore. Yeah. 
Yeah, you could yes. say that. Uh, another guy, you know, Landon Donovan has five MLS Cup rings. Um, Todd Donovan also has M- five MLS Cup rings. So if you're looking for longevity, and maybe you could maybe you could find a place to to slot uh, one of my favorite defenders in there, uh, Mr. Todd Donovan. So anyway, it's always interesting to talk about. Um, I think that's I think that's about it. I, I know there was stuff that there was Michael Ciani was talking about Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and I'm just I'm just I made a joke on Twitter, and it's not a great joke, but I said next somebody's going to ask about Charlie Rugg about what they thought about Zlatan. On Ibrahimovic. At this point, it's getting comical. And being there's no soccer on, I have no problem with it. I just have more of a problem with people actually like getting upset about any of this stuff. Uh, it's just it's it's filler right now to sort of look at. So it, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, Larry, what do you got? Real quickly, does, does anybody have anything nice to say about Zlatan? I mean, this no. is unbelievable. No, he's I mean, a I never had a problem. I never had a problem with the guy. No, no, and and you know we should point that out is that he played nice with the media. He was entertaining. He was, you know, he was bombastic. He was everything that you expected Zlatan to be. If you read his book, you knew what you were getting. You got that. Um, but you also have, if you followed his career through anywhere, is that you know he doesn't get along with people. It's yeah, okay. It happens like that type of thing. I again. All the stories that people are telling about him are probably true. In fact, I know some of them are true. I don't know about, uh, you know, uh, Michael Ciani was saying how much Zlatan Ibrahimovic hates uh, Edson Cavani. Um, that was sort of the the big thing. It just, it just, I don't know. Michael Ciani and his McLaren can now be retired, and we just don't have to worry about this anymore. Eric, what do you got? Yeah, my last thing is just that uh, we're, we're getting into clickbaity territory now because yeah. the, the headline was Zlatan hated Cavani, and the actual you know, interview the publication or the media outlet that published it said, change your headline. Siani didn't say that. He said that one of the players, Zlatan, didn't got along, get along with when he first got to PSG was Cavani. But he never said he hated him in the interview. So they just took that piece and, uh, and, and ran with it. I think at this point, if you're listening to this show, whatever you see a hot headline from moving forward, they have seen the, the Joao article take off the Insua quote take off. So now everyone's just looking for their own version to, to get you as Zlatan. We, we know how Zlatan was. If you watch his documentary, his own dad was upset with him because he put Zlatan on the back of the shirt and said, Ibrahimovic. So he didn't right. get, have a great relationship with his, his own father, his own family member. So, you know, w- this isn't news. It's not surprising to anyone. And I'm with you. Uh, we can urge people just don't get so upset about it. Understand that this is people trying to get clicks, trying to get views on whatever it is, you know, we saw what Zlatan did on the field. We're grateful for the stories and the time that we had here. But we also know his history beyond just the LA Galaxy. You know, every team that he went to and just his personality, it's it's not going to mesh well with every person. And that's that's okay. Agree to yeah, disagree. Well said. Well said. All right. There, oh, you got a well said from Larry. Look out. It's, See, this is why I need Larry done. on more often. Yeah, and I was going <laughs> to say, this is going to be a thing now. I can tell already. All right. Man. Uh, uh, I think I think we're done here. I think we have no more to talk about. Uh, all interesting. Galaxy back to individual training on Monday. Small step forward. Uh, we'll be back on Monday night with Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter. Uh, anything that anybody else wants to bring up before we close this out? No, Larry? Okay, Eric, let's go with you. Where can we find you? And uh, we'll get on out of here. You can find me on Twitter at GIS Hammer. You can also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's G Galaxy P R O F O U L. Larry threw me off this time. I was going to say, you can't find me. I was going to say, and Larry is not on Twitter. Just wanted to let you, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter. He's not there. Uh, He occasionally writes for Corner of the Galaxy, although he's been slacking because there's nothing to write about right now. In quarantine, uh, so he's been building models and doing stuff. So if you want to see Larry's model pictures, 
All right, if you're looking for me on uh, on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to the corner of galaxy.com. All of our interviews, we've been having a great rack uh, being put all through there. So check all of our recent shows out. Check all of those recent interviews. All good stuff. All right, for Eric, the Portuguese hammer, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, I'm Josh Pato Gesman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.